Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, welcome to our episode of the GigTube Podcast interview show. This time I'm talking to Steve Johnson of Rideshare Rodeo and Uber Lyft drivers and Para. <laughs> you got you got any more credentials that I'm not aware of? <laughs> um, no. I mean, like some of my other gigs are outside of the gig economy or outside of the app-based gig economy. I mm. work production and I do some a little bit of computer stuff here and there, but uh, a lot of production, you know, laser laser light production around the world. Really? So that's your day job? Um, no, that's my gig job. That's uh-huh. my real true IC gig job because I've had that since, you know, almost, you know, 17 years, but it's freelance, you know, it's when I want to take a gig. Like I did the whole European Shania Twain final tour, you know, so it's when I come, it's a perfect example of why we need the gig economy the way it is, because when I go away for that long, come back, mm-hmm. I can start working again for three weeks between my next gig. Do you own Full like a, an LLC or something? No. Uh, so how did no, you? No, I mean, I, I've I've owned bars. I've I've man, I'm I'm mm-hmm. probably a lot older than you might think. Some mm-hmm. people say I look a little younger. I, mm-hmm. I think I look close, but <laughs> I'll be 45 next month. Holy crap! I definitely you look do. young. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't feel that old either. I still feel like I'm like in my 20s or 30s. Oh, I feel yeah, I feel great. You know, but uh, yeah, whenever people say that, I'm yeah. always like, well, I never really work too hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so my credentials, though, in the in this world are, you know, um, coming up on 30,000 rides, six year veteran rideshare driver. Um, been doing the podcast for a year, been doing the website since um, March of this year was our four year anniversary. That's what I was going to ask is like you said you do the the shows but mm-hmm. so how did you get into rideshare driving or gig work? You mean like 6 years ago? Yeah. Well because so like okay things don't because I'm not an employee because I'm paid when I for what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, mm-hmm. my per diem is based on and my inner out of country. Um gig work was essential and a lot of times because I have a son I do pass on a lot of stuff too. It's not like we're the second largest uh, laser light company in the world behind Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> we handle all Carnival Cruise Lines, all Disney, all Toyota corporate. Um, and we've got things around the world. So permanent and temporary installs in clubs everywhere. So, and we do bands and things like that. So, I mean, we do, we're a big deal, but um yeah, so I needed the gig work when it was in between gigs, but you know, lately or prior to pre-pandemic, I'd say about three quarters of my work was being done in rideshare here in Denver, mm. and only a quarter of my year went out to the laser. I used to live in Miami, where they're based out of. Yeah, I was. I'm from Michigan. Moved to Miami for two and a half years. Learned, trained under this company, and then when I left it didn't matter that I lived in Denver because their main thing. And my boss and I are like besties. He's, he's like in his seventies, but we're like best friends. And uh, <laughs> when I left Miami, one of the biggest things is, can I get anywhere that they can go from Miami from Denver 
for about the same price. That was a, a, an issue he's faced with people who have left before who have wanted to stick with the company. But um, our front of office person checked and pretty much everything was comparable. So if it's not, he wouldn't contact me. But Denver International is huge, the new airport. And uh, they have a lot of direct flights to everywhere in the world. So it's, hmm. you know, or as close as you can get to points. Like just, so it's, it's as good as leaving LaGuardia or Miami. Um, it didn't matter. So the, the so ride anyway, share... a lot of since because I have a kid, yeah. because I have a kid, you know, I'm, I try and be around as much as I can. So rideshare took a major role in my life. Okay. How old's your son? This will be his sophomore year starting next week. And he didn't get to have a in-person freshman year at all. <laughs> so this is going to be weird. Think about going back to high school as a sophomore and you've already done your freshman year online. Uh-huh. By the way, this, this beer I'm drinking. I'm going to, I'm going to make a hot spot because I'm losing a connection here or something. That's okay. I'm yeah. drinking this, uh, apple pie <laughs> stout or whatever it's supposed to. It's, it's actually really gross. Like I, I, I've only drank like this much and I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. Oh, it tastes like um, it is potpourri or something. I don't know. This is why I always tell everybody to show yeah. up 10 to 15 minutes early. <laughs> I know, man. You know, I think I told you that Ron and I were doing a piece on the Pro Act Entree Courier. Yeah. And that's why I'm really sorry, man. I kind of, I'm actually rushed to get here now because we met and we were going to meet, I thought, for like an hour. And it's not a bad thing, but we met for four hours. Wow. Because we, we met in person. We so both live in Denver. You did a show in person? Yeah. No, we're going to record it tomorrow morning at 10. But this was one we actually had to go through because it's pretty difficult stuff. Hmm. Um, it's easy to get sidetracked when you're talking about that stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I I subscribed to his show and I started I listened to like the last two episodes this morning. So anyway, I made this huge list of questions. Uh, all right, so you already answered. Sorry about how, that. How, I think I just fixed my issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, so you started doing rideshare six years ago. So like what, like 2015, something like that. Yeah, 2015. It might have been late 2014 for Lyft. I started with Lyft, not um, not like everybody. I didn't start with Uber. And then uh, you started UberLiftDrivers.com. Yes. And then, yep. so like, how did that how did that come about? So it was right at the time when have you have you been driving for how long, or have you Since, done gig work uh, for 2017? Okay, so. It was right about the time when when I started with Lyft, it was actually a split here in Denver. It was 90% me, 10% Lyft, if you can believe this. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was amazing money. This is in the beginning of Lyft Denver. I know they had been in LA and they were already big by then, but you know they slowly moved to other markets, but they were just starting to get big here. And you know, if I'm pulling in $50 a night, I don't even care what the split is or an hour. I mean, like I don't care. And that, we were just rolling in it. And then when I did Uber a year later, I got it in an 85-15 split, same type of thing. And then they, when they moved to the system that was per minute, per mile, right. and, you know, I mean, straightforward stuff, but that rate was somewhat close in the beginning. But then, as you know, over the time, 
that rate went down for a while. It's been pretty stagnant for a while, including the pandemic. It hasn't really busted, but it did like three jumps down in about a year. And it, that would have been right about the time you came on. I don't know if you noticed it or if you were there for that. The other stuff I'm talking about, the split, I don't think you would have been a part of. Yeah, because when I joined, yeah, it was like you got paid per minute per mile. And then like right after I joined, then they started doing like the upfront pricing with the, on the on the rider's end. And so it's like the rider pays like this this amount, no matter how long it takes or whatever. So, um, I, I remember like hearing stories of people like Uber drivers. If like if you fall asleep, they would like drive and zigzag around like to jack the fare up, you know. But like it's actually mm-hmm. kind of moot now. So, yeah. well, so when they switched to that though, they also developed the surge and said that would make the difference. Constantly over time, mm-hmm. it's gone down. Well, right about that time when they made, or it was just prior to that switch happening when Travis was the, when Travis uh, was leaving the company. Yeah. Yeah. When he was leaving the company was, if you go back to my first post, it's about a month before he was leaving when things were really heated and the Sarah Fowler incident were sexual assault and Mm. then all his sexual assault charges around the world from different countries he partied in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's so much, you know, like... I don't like either CEO. I'm not a fan of Dara's. I'm not a fan of Travis's. I don't think, you know, I think, you know, as people who knows, I just, I don't think they're doing what needs to be done. Clearly there's so much room for improvement, but Travis was a different kind of, you know, he's still like brought about all this, you know, you still got to respect him on some level, but he was just, he was the partier, the, the problem partier, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was like his company. He was like one of the founders of it. Yeah, he was the. I mean, he might have brought other people in on his idea, but he was the founder. So, uh, yeah. So, how did you? What came? What inspired you to start the website? That just the chaos that things were in, the rates changing on for drivers, and how that was going to change again shortly coming, and and I didn't even know at the time he was going to leave the company. It was just when things were so haywire with him. It was like, is this real? Like daily, there was another story about him assaulting a woman or grabbing a waitress being <laughs> drunk in car. I mean, he was just doing, he was doing everything. He was doing everything and living the life. Um, but he was, uh, when all that was going on, I didn't know he was going to be leaving and be actually well, kind of forced out. I thought, you know, this is just a good time to start some um, news because the Uber platform's changing for drivers. They should be aware. Mm-hmm. But also, let's follow the news. And then it turned into that. And what I meant to be like a fun type blog turned into a full news cycle thing where, you know, we write articles sometimes, but we also reagitate a lot so that people don't have to deal with subscriptions to things or, you know, can I get on this article? It's clean. We don't have a lot of stuff. Um, and we're looking to, you know, down the road, start having like one, um, you know, just we always want to keep it clean, even if we have a sponsor, which we've yeah. had at times or whatnot. You know, it's I don't want pop ups and junk and it makes it easy to read. And it's made it easy for me to submit the, the website worldwide. And so mm-hmm. we get worldwide views. We have crazy traffic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to who was first, you or Harry Campbell, the rideshare guy? Harry. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 I've written a couple articles for Harry, too. Yeah. He's got his site is. Yeah. It's it's a good go to his. For, oh my gosh, his his site. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't pro Harry. Some mm-hmm. are. You know, I've known Harry for a long time. He's a good guy. I mean, he's he's a businessman. Yes, mm-hmm. but he's a good guy. And he, you know, his the way I look at it's 
you know, he, he, he provides a service and he's put in a lot of time and he is the OG of the rideshare game for mm-hmm. as much as you can tell, you know? Yeah. Something I was as much ask- as any of us can tell anyway. So, something I was going to ask you about the website, like you just mentioned how you, um, you have articles from like other news sites. I, like, right. I, like you basically just kind of copy and paste them. Well, we do a lot of our own. They're just mixed in. I do a lot yeah. more agitated than not. Yeah. But I was going to say like, but we credit gotten, everything. We link them yeah. to the original. We it's all good. Yeah, I was like gonna most say of the write, most of the writers I know. <laughs> a lot of the ones we use, like Derek Hare, and yeah. um, you know, a lot of the ones out of the Bay Area, I know most of them. So, do you get um, copyright disputes or no? Know? Not because we we literally, if you look, everything at the bottom is hyperlinked. It says who mm-hmm. wrote the article. It says, and then if we ever post it to social. It act, we actually tag in the post that we re, it's almost like we reposted it because I'll put by and I'll put their Twitter handle on Twitter or their Facebook on Facebook, right. and then I'll say via and whatever magazine or whatever it came from. So I'm actually doing them a good mm-hmm. service because I'm reproducing the article to a different crowd that might not see it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they look, they actually have looked at it as good, right? <laughs> I think it's what, what they don't like is when people repost articles and don't put who wrote it. Or, you know what I mean? Or just yeah. write it and don't have a link. Like Derek Care from CNET or Derek Care from wherever she is, you know, or, uh, you know, Sasha from Mashable. Like, if you just put that and you don't have a link, yeah, you can go to Mashable and search writer Sasha, but you're not going to do that. that. That everything should be linked to what it is, to the original. Mm-hmm. You know, so- and that, we do that. We do that. All right, so how did the uh, Rideshare Rodeo podcast come about? So that's a little different. So, um, you know, I I had been on uh, Jason Thierry, um, Gig Economy uh, Jason. I'm not watching my phone right now because yeah, I was such still... a late start. <laughs> he's probably now going to talk shit about me because <laughs> I am watching it, Jason. Never mind. <laughs> but I was on his for a few. And uh, we were just doing like a little side project thing. And then I went back to uberliftdrivers.com. But then the pandemic hit and uh, mm-hmm. I was doing work with a writer from the Denver Post. And we were talking about the pandemic and getting gig workers PUA in the very beginning. I'm talking right like end of March, the day the CARES Act, Act passed. Mm-hmm. We were like, how's this going to work? So he got me in touch with Cher Havid, who ran the... Um, who runs the uh, Colorado unemployment office. And so I was actually able to communicate with her and I was like, how are you going to handle the PUA? And literally the first answer I got two days after the cares act was announced was I have no idea. (laughs) And she runs the thing. And she was even telling me the stories we heard later, which were, you know, our systems programmed in 1960s COBOL language. Um, she's like, you know, like there's not even people around to tech this and it wouldn't be worth it. She's like, we almost have to either rewrite it all or go around it. So I started getting a little bit of, I was putting up links for people and doing research in different States and especially here and trying to get people to understand what to do. If you really needed it there in the beginning, especially when we were all locked down, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because everybody needed it. And, uh, at least for a little bit, whatever you needed. But then somehow I was doing it and a CBS um, writer uh, asked me if I would do a piece on what I was doing because I had more information than some of the states. Like I was doing stuff for Maryland 
And she said, the writer told me that she couldn't find the stuff I had found on the Maryland website. <laughs> like she went to their unemployment site and couldn't find any of it. And I was linking this direct stuff to it. Well, she wrote the article and in there was two people, myself and uh, David Pickerell um, right. from Para. Yeah. And so David and I, so I saw his name and I looked him up. And I sent him an email or something and said, Hey man, like you're the other guy in that article. We're doing the same thing. And then he emailed me right back. He's like, we are doing exactly the same thing. Cause he, in the article, it said even that he like at, right after mine, it was like a continuation of my quote. It was like, I'm doing this from him. And we were doing the same thing. He's like, why are we wasting time? Let's do it together. So we started, he was autonomy.jobs at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we started doing that together. And we, you know, if you go back to my earliest podcast, probably the first 10 episodes, he's in, he's in three of them or four. Like he was kind of doing it with me actually in the <laughs> beginning. And we were talking about a lot of stuff, but we did that. And uh, that's how we met. So I was, I started, he was like, you should, you know, you should really get this podcast going. So the first few months of the podcast, were really just helping people out like that. And we were answering questions that were coming to me for the website throughout the week on the podcast. And then it just kind of grew. And luckily, why I was saying Jason is because Jason has been an ace in the hole for me. Jason's like a really good friend of mine. And, you know, he is just anytime I've been in a jam, he's he's fixed it or helped me. Yeah. So kudos to Jason and the Gig Economy podcast. Those guys rule. <laughs> <laughs> Something I was going to ask about the, the Rideshare Rodeo podcast, like your logo. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of creepy. Like I know. It, it's like I like it. It's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a I don't know, it's like a sugar skull or like a soldier or something. Oh, and okay, like, well no, what it's supposed to okay, well what it's supposed to be, what I'm what the art is uh-huh. and how I meant it was because I have it right here in my coffee mug. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh what it's supposed to be is uh a soldier with a gas mask. Yeah. And the gas mask part is where the logo is, but mm. I was talking to Harry not too long ago and I already kind of knew this, but he's like, man, you need to write your rideshare rodeo bigger mm. on your logo. I'm like, ah, but how, but it's supposed to be a soldier with a gas mask. Cause it was started the pandemic, but with like a hippie flower child thing going on, mm. you know, I, like peace, it, not war, but at the same time we need gas masks. Yeah. It, to me, it looks like, a uh, black label society album cover or you know some some <laughs> something like to heavy metal to each his own i can never yeah. d- ditch it now i'm stuck with it man yeah. oh you can always I love change it. it i like it <laughs> i got i have all my questions on my phone my phone keeps locking so i mean I, everybody else let, let me put it this way everybody else in rideshare who has a podcast or a stream or whatever mm-hmm. they all use a steering wheel or a car or yeah. a Okay. Well, I don't. Well, <laughs> yeah, my logo is a cartoon version of me holding a mug of beer. But it looks nothing like you. Uh, no, I, I think it looks. I think it looks like me. Really? Yeah. It's older. It better. Wait, are you talking you about? Look, you look younger than it. <laughs> I don't know. And it's probably because I'm wearing a hat. Um. So you still do rideshare? Uh from time to time or like how often do you do it i am still off rideshare um since the pandemic oh, okay. um and uh yeah i'm so i'm i'm working with the on-demand food delivery apps now and i'm gonna get on all of them 
Um, mm-hmm. I've only been, you know, doing a couple things uh, with the DoorDash one because obviously Para. Um, but uh, now that we have the Grubhub feature on Para, um, oh, that's official. I'm, oh yeah. Oh, maybe it didn't launch in the app, but our beta test ended yesterday and it works. So okay, so it's going to show so you the going, miles. It's, it's going to show you the miles. It's either it's either going to be to. Oh yeah, it's not Thursday. It's either going to be tomorrow or Friday that it'll launch. So anybody out there launches this week. So yeah. So what is your official capacity with Para? Like, do you have like a title? Driver, driver, mm-hmm. advocate. But David's mm-hmm. given me about a hundred. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, you probably know we're a four-man team. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, David, uh, myself, and then we got Jeff who is not a people person. He's kind of behind the scenes, our coder. Yeah. <laughs> he di- he talks to computers better than people. So we like him being happy and not even to deal with trolls and things like that. So, um, somebody did an interview with Jeff. I, th- I can't remember if it was Tanner. You or... know, no. Well, he might've, but it was, uh, um, drive to win 13. That's a good friend of ours. Jason Pease. Mm-hmm. He was the one that did the first one with him. Oh, okay. and like the whole thing's in a car. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but they're in a car. No, it's a different one. Oh, okay. so like, well, yeah, Jeff's in the back talking to him, and David leaves, mm-hmm. and there's a total uncomfort situation there for a <laughs> second. It's kind of weird because um, Jeff's a super cool guy. He's just quiet, you know. Jeff and David do all the coding. David's the CEO and kind of does everything. Me, Jimmy, and David kind of—that's what I'm saying. Just whatever David needs. I'm on it because we've, we've, David and I have tried, you know, we were working on a lot of other things before this. It's almost like this just came about because we found this while we were doing a hundred different things. But our main passion in the beginning was to get, and it was just David and I was to get people's data to them safely. Because I don't know if you know about the UK ruling for gig workers, but just like your taxes every year, Mm -hmm. all the gig companies have to submit your data digitally to um uh to a certain company that now puts it all together as one package for you and you can literally like if you work all the platforms you can go into it and click this folder you want like uber lyft whatever and you can get like some overview stats from how you did and whatnot and all this but you can go into exact specifics and see everything on every trip you gave that far down and every gig worker doesn't have to ask for it you get it automatically now because of a Supreme Court ruling. So David and I started working with Argyle.io, Argyle is the company, who does a lot of these API um, vestments. And we got tied in with them and we were like, you know, how the UK drivers get it. Why can't we get it for our drivers? Or why can't, basically, why can't our drivers get their data, period? Right. You know, and then the gig companies pulled their usual... Well, you know, we do the best we can. We get, we give you what you can. Like, you know, they're not basically not even answering your question, and there's no even thought process behind it that they're going to do anything about it. So we were like, kind of taking it in our own hands. Like, well, they deserve this data. That's if the gig companies have data on you and are selling it, which they all do. We know this. Mm-hmm. You deserve to have a copy of that data of all people. Yeah, you're talking about Argyle, and I know like. Like moves financial uh, and Gridwise, I think they use that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They absolutely use Argyle. Yeah, and actually, uh, Gridwise is, I think, the superior of all the mileage Gridwise, trackers. Gridwise is Gridwise is great. 
Yeah, because it's a mileage tracker awesome. and an earnings tracker, and yep. moves is just an earnings tracker, and then stride is just a mileage tracker. But then you have is grid stride, Is stride just still mileage? Yeah, I don't think they have earnings on there. Unless maybe there's like a premium version or something. I don't know what it was. I thought I saw an update with Stride that had something new. I thought that sounded when I first saw it, it sounded big just not too and long ago. But. There's also um, Driver's Utility Helper for DoorDash on Android, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you know Gary Middleton. I've I've spoken with him a bit. I'm going to try to get him on the show like next week or in two weeks. But cool. Because um, I was kind of asking him, was like, because his app only works on Android, but Para is on both platforms and grid wise. And it's like you sign into your DoorDash account through Para or Gridwise or whatever. And I'm like, why can't I do that on Driver's Utility Helper? Because then I could use it on my, because I don't have a, well, I do have an Android, but I, I prefer iPhone so much better. Yeah, me too. And me too. Yeah. So I'll have to ask him that when he's on the show in a couple of weeks. Well, so, well, I can tell you right now why, because mm-hmm. there's other apps that do it too. So Google Play. Mm-hmm. You can submit an app that absolutely not one part of it works. It crashes every time mm-hmm. you open it. You can submit that and people will rate it as one star. Don't get it. And it'll move you so far down that you'd have to search the full name before it would even auto detect because right. <laughs> they wouldn't even want you finding it kind of thing. But Google play, you're basically just uploading to Google play. They have what they call a little bit of security and checking, but they don't. It can pretty much just go up as long as it's virus free and can pass there isn't going to like, you know, cause of any kind of issue is it doesn't have to work. I've actually worked with a couple startups here in Denver where theirs was crashing all the time. And that was the testing platform. However, iOS is very strict, very strict. And they run through all of your code, everything, because you, as you probably know, the mm-hmm. OS um, Apple stuff yeah. is also run on a Unix platform though. Oh, so really? they use Unix for all the pro. That's why it's harder to hack a Mac, almost next to impossible, really. I mean, not mm-hmm. impossible for a, a master hacker, but like for the average person, um, you know, the security is a lot better on a Mac and an OS. But it made it so that, you know, you're not programming in Unix with these apps. So they really go through it with a fine tooth comb. And if you have an error, they give you, they tell you what the errors are. And, uh, um, you have one chance to go back and fix it within a week. And if you don't do it within the week, it doesn't count. And if you do do it within the week and it does, and it still has even one error, you have to wait six months to resubmit. So it's like you get one shot at this twice a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you get, you pretty much have to have it right out of the gate. If there's a little error, you might be able to correct it. If there's a few big errors, you're not going to get it even in with the corrections. I'm getting an error on mine. It says your bandwidth is low, and like it shrunk your picture down. Really? Are you is on Wi-Fi just... or? No, I'm on my hotspot, and it shows perfect link. Yeah. Are you using your phone? No, I'm using my computer, but I'm using a hotspot because my son's gaming. I'm sure he's eating up the bandwidth, so I'm using uh, the hotspot. Yeah, that's what, that's what's happening. No, from like I, I got like a full cell tower across the street. <laughs> <laughs> so like i mean i got full bars right now so i'm using that are you still getting an issue i got full bars yeah i mean it just it's it just shrunk the picture down instead of full screen it's just like an index card size but it didn't come back not yet i'll let you know huh. anyway okay. so um i've heard 
good things about the Denver gig market. Um, yeah, really good. It, how much would you say, like, well, I, I know you don't do drive rideshare anymore, but, like, how much can, like, if you're, like, a full-time rideshare driver in Denver, like, how much mm-hmm. can they make? Are you a full, t- are you a veteran full-time driver that's at least done it a year and knows that you have to give up your schedule to be a real rideshare driver or are you a rideshare driver? I need yeah. to know to answer that. Or you mean like a, uh, like a side hustle or somebody? Like- no, like let's say they're, fu- let's say both, let's say it's full-time. Are you a rideshare driver who has been doing this a year or more and is fully committed, knows that sometimes he has to miss events give up things in life to work and make his money? Um, or are you just somebody who's been doing it a year, makes some good money and they do what they do? Are you a hundred percent in? Cause if you're a hundred percent in, you can do really good, but you have to give up a lot is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Here. You, you have to kind of go by the Westward and what events are happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, that's the thing about Denver. There's not a lot of the key. The demographic is most, you know, there's a huge population of 25 to 35. Cause I was a bartender out here for years. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a party town um, and it's huge and it's growing. So a lot of people don't have cars because we've developed a lot of high rises downtown and there's not a good parking situation. Um, we do have the train now and we've been developing some more train lines and whatnot, but right. people don't have cars. So people go out all the time and it's not just drinking and partying and bar scene. It's that we got eight parts of downtown you know, the Denver's a huge spread area with lots of different suburb areas that have their own downtowns and are all pretty hip. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you can do really well. You know, my old pre-pandemic, because I, I don't like saying it as I'll never drive again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. I want to explain that real quick, too, because last summer, um, and this is important, last summer in July, I wasn't breathing at all. I For like three nights, I couldn't sleep. And I was scared because I thought I had COVID Uh and um, I didn't want to go to the ICU because at the time I was watching, we're all watching the news and the ICUs looked like if you don't have it, you'll catch it here for sure. And they looked full and it was at that crazy point. Um, I I ended up getting so bad that I went to the um, urgent care and I called them first and let them know that, you know, I think I have signs of COVID. I came in. And they gave me um, a steroid shot, you know, a bunch of stuff and kept me in there for a while. My blood O2 was at 78, which I was like, oh, C plus. Awesome. They're like, Mm -hmm. no, 70 through five or four is dead. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like literally I wasn't breathing. And with all this, and then it started coming up. They're like, we're supposed under 90. Like you're supposed to be 95, but you're in the, you're in the zone of okay to 90. They're like under 88. We're supposed to send you to the emergency room. And I was like, see, I was avoiding that though, because I thought if I have COVID or if I don't have COVID and I'm going in, they're going to, you know, I'm going to catch it there for sure. Especially if I'm going (gasps) and like having a hard time breathing, you know? And so she's like, I get it. So they let me stay there for like four hours and gave me another whole treatment, kept me on a blood O2 until I was about 89 and they let me go home. And she said, you have asthma now. And I said, well, I had asthma 30 years ago. Hmm. Um, but I said, you know, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I said I haven't had it and I haven't had an inhaler in 28 years. So do you still, do you have a puffer now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
So my point is that I was very, I'm very skeptical to go back to rideshare. I can do the on-demand delivery for a bit, but mm-hmm. I, by the way, I'm feeling much better. They had me on doing like the inhaler, the albuterol three times a day and all these meds I was taking. And now I barely, I only use it for emergencies and I probably say I use it like once a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I almost feel like I don't have it again. That's um, good. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it might've been something COVID who knows, but um, I, I tested and I never had it, but, um, anyway, that's kind of been a little strain for me with rideshare, you know, and was for a long time. I'm getting a lot better now. Like today I was telling you, I, you know, Ron and I are doing this big piece on the pro act tomorrow. Um, and we met for four hours at a coffee shop and we were maskless this close. I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, yes, I could be doing it, but I'm just not, you know, I don't think that the money's. I am. I was always a money guy. I made my schedule every week and I worked around that based on the Westward and what was going on. And that's how I made my schedule when I was on the weeks I did rideshare. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, if I were to do that now, I would probably make maybe a little more than I was then. However, I should be making a lot more than I was then with the rates they're charging right now. I would, I wouldn't feel okay getting into this mix and making what I was making pre-pandemic. How much is the, I think the uh, job? Uh, I mean, my my average back in the day was I did not work unless I was making forty an hour. By the end, I was at like twenty five on weekdays, thirty on the weekends. If I wasn't making that, I had to find new days and times to work. Forty bucks an hour? Wow. No, by the end, I'm saying like twenty five on the weekdays, Monday through Thursday, mm-hmm. and thirty on the weekends. That's by like the last six months before the pandemic, that's those were my kind of goals. That's what I had to hit. Oh, you make like twelve bucks an hour in Orlando. Yeah, I think we. <laughs> I think our rate is like. You know, I've 50... talked to a lot of Orlando people that say that it's kind of weird because you. Well, I guess. I mean, I've been to Orlando enough times too because when I worked in Miami, we used to service Disney all the time. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not like Denver. You guys are a big city, but it's not like Denver. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it's really spread out. Yeah, suburban, urban. Maybe I just, you know, maybe I didn't get the full feel. I don't know. I've been to it a few times, but um, it. I've talked to a lot of drivers from there who just say, you know, they don't do well. It's just a big city, and this is what we talk about on the podcast a lot: is that absolutely market to market. Like we had a six-person episode with Jason Teary, um, Andre Courier, and uh, Drive to Win. All these people who are in the game, and you know. We, we were trying, and Larry, um, lifting with Larry, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about our different markets because I've been always trying to get across to people that market-to-market differences are huge, huge. <laughs> you know, like in, in LA, it might not even be worth turning on because LA is an expensive place to live. And I know drivers out there who don't make anything, you know? I mean, right now it's a hard time to call it because it's the pandemic still and there's more riders than drivers, but... Well, I think back before the pandemic, it wasn't really, it wasn't worth doing it in some mar in some markets in others. It was very worth doing it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know my story, but like I used to work actually yesterday was my three year anniversary for me just getting up and, and leaving my W2 job, which actually mm-hmm. was, was with Microsoft. Well, I work for, I work at Convergys and Microsoft was our client. So, um, it was actually a really well-paying job, but I just like had it up to here with cubicle life, you know, and 
I had been doing Uber and Lyft like part time, and like I was like, right, I'll go back to that, and I can do that full time. And I was mm-hmm. getting up at like five in the morning, and like I would, you know, take people to work and stuff. And then, I mean, it, it's really if, if you're trying to do it like nine, like a nine to five job, especially in Orlando, like you make like thirteen bucks an hour. And then uh, I discovered DoorDash and uh, Instacart, and I was like, oh wow, I can make like twice as much money and drive like a quarter of the miles. And uh, I think that's why there's like such a huge shortage of rideshare drivers right now is like everybody discovered, I mean, you could just switch from Uber X to Uber Eats or, um, you know, Instacart, DoorDash, Grubhub, all, and then like all these new startup ones like Roadie and Skipcart and, and GoPuff and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been, ever since I left, rideshare driving full-time like i haven't given a ride in over a year probably like a year and a half and i would say i was actually doing a report or i was doing an interview with a cnbc reporter like a week or two ago and mm-hmm. about this topic and i just said rideshare is for suckers like i don't know why anybody would want to do rideshare <laughs> When you can make way more money, drive way less miles, and not have people in your car, like unless like you're like a huge like you really really love talking to people, or you're in a city you, that has like a really high mileage rate. Cause I think it's like fifty four cents a mile, like eight cents a minute in Orlando. Okay. Like you actually you can run like the mileage rate here is so low; it's less than the federal. Um, you guys still, you rate. still get you still get flat surge, right? Yeah, like just plus one dollar or whatever it is. Okay, so see, when we just even a few months ago we were back to multiplier when they were trying to get more drivers on the platform, and now mm. we're to flat surge again. And our flat surge, people have always been amazed. I'm usually about five times any given city on a weekend night. Mm-hmm. Like, so if people are, like, dude, I got flat surges of two to four dollars. I'm like, I got, you know, eight to nineteen at like eleven p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A flat I mean, surge or with the multiplier? A flat. A flat. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'd have a couple surges through the night and they just, if there weren't enough drivers, it would just keep getting up a higher, higher, higher. You know, I've got screenshots forever of like some of the stuff we've seen in Denver and it's crazy, man. I mean, mm-hmm. like we've, we've had a good run at it, but um, yeah, but did you, okay. So um, you like the food delivery. Do you, don't you think that now that things are reopening and I know Florida has been in a different situation for a while, but don't you think that now that things are reopening mm-hmm. that you might find you have that people are going back to restaurants. Oh yeah. yeah. Start, and that, and that the, on, and that the volume of on demand isn't quite the, the demand and the supply aren't like quite as, as as weighted as they are now. Yeah, Uber has been giving out, you know, like they're doing that $250 million, uh, whatever they call it, stimulus package or whatever. And like mm-hmm. I, I got paid, I got a $120 bonus to make three Uber Eats deliveries like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like that was worth it. And then like they always have these quests or challenges or whatever on the app. And, uh, you know, like they're okay. Uh, let me see if I can bring one up here. Promotions. Extra $50 by completing five trips. That's pretty good. I mean, it's $10 a trip, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about, like, I might do, I might do, like, for as a video for my YouTube channel, just do, like, a week of, of rideshare driving just to see, 
if it's worth going back to or like what you know what it's what it pays and all that um Mm -hmm. so and it's funny because i actually that's what i'm I'm wondering if you're going to see that and i'm not saying it's going to go away and there's going to be no use for food delivery anymore but i think you and i can agree Mm pre-pandemic i've talked about this with other people too but pre-pandemic um on demand or you know delivery platforms weren't worth the time in my opinion like what you would earn here in denver Mm-hmm. You would be dumb to not be doing rideshare if you were doing delivery pre pre pandemic. There was no need for it. Mm-hmm. There was too many people. You couldn't make any money. And we're a good market. Seems like for a lot of things. So I was, you know, thinking that's kind of everywhere. And um, then the pandemic hit, and a complete shift happened overnight. Not one rideshare driver was needed, and everybody needed a <laughs> hundred times the amount of everybody needed uh, taco delivery Bell drivers. And- yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was like everybody needed that. And especially in the beginning when everybody was, you know, when you say Taco Bell was just scared to go out of the house, especially like, how do we get, how do we get food? You know, like, <laughs> especially in, uh, in Denver where you guys have legal weed, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we just got medical marijuana last year, but yeah. it's you at still least have to, all states. You still have to like see a doctor and get it. Like you have to pay. Like I looked into it cause it costs like, I need to pay like a hundred bucks for like a state license card or whatever. And then like the appointment is like a hundred bucks and then actually buying whatever you want. You you know, but I'll tell you um, when it started here, it was the same way. And by buying that card, you don't pay tax Hmm. and all we've, you don't pay tax on it. And all we've seen is that tax has been just just keeps piling on to that industry. I mean, they've, if they've got like 17 hands in that now it's up near like 36%. Mm-hmm. And by the time, like you're checking out, out the door, it's like 36% on your sale. I don't know if you saw in the chat, this person, Marissa Edens, it says, I made great money like that in the early days, working mostly Uber and Denver and Lyft and Boulder by early 2020, I was working 30 hours a week to make what I was making in 20 hours previously. Yeah, I know Marissa. That's my girlfriend. Okay. Hi, Marissa. <laughs> uh, she doesn't do it anymore, mm-hmm. um, but she uh, she did it for a couple years. Cool, you know. And so, yeah, she was doing great too. You know, she did a lot more lift up in Boulder. She was making crazy money with lift because they always had specials. Marissa, if you're still on here, put in whatever that specials those kind of specials were you were getting. Cause she would get like crazy, like three ride amounts and she'd just knock it out and be making great money per hour. Um, I, but yeah, I, when I first started doing Uber, like I had a day job, I used to work for Publix at the headquarters in Lakeland, Florida. I used to live there. Mm-hmm. Like Publix is the big supermarket chain in the Southeast. Right, right, right. And, I remember uh, him from being down there. Yeah. And I used to work um, Sunday through Thursday nights and then I had Friday and Saturday nights off. And I was just mm-hmm. so bored. I had nothing else. That's why I, why I signed up for uh, Uber and Lyft. And, you know, like Lakeland's a college town. And, like, I would always take, like, college kids from Lakeland to Tampa or to Orlando. And mm-hmm. I always had fun, like, uh, sh- chauffeuring drunk uh, college girls around, you know, but not dudes because they always, like, want to fight or want to, like, rock, you know, or whatever. <laughs> or I never had any pukers. Did you ever like do the late night bar scene or you yeah, any pukers? I did or... have a bad run of that when the money was so good at the late night. It was even at the point I knew I should probably stop. But um you know, I got this one awful war story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> if you want me to, I'll tell it, but it's <laughs> actually, you know, what? I got to Yeah. Go ahead yeah, and yeah. tell it. Cause I got to step away for just a sec. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, tell the, tell the audience. I will. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's weird. <laughs> it's just me. Um, so I had a passenger, um, request. It was like two 30 on, um, a Thursday night, which is a big bar night out here. And I got called to a restaurant called Steuben's, um, which is a place where a lot of, uh, industry workers in the bar industry go after work. And, um, I had to pick up and I got there and I saw like in this crowd of people, the bar was closed. They were having cigarettes and waiting on their Ubers or whatnot. I saw a couple bartenders I know, and I pulled up and this girl came running up to my car and got in and um i was like are you so and so she's like yeah and I, one of my buddies who worked at the bar i used to bartend at mike d he was over there and I, I put down the window i'm like mike what's up he's like nothing man good to see you rolled out of there and uh she was going to aurora which is just east of denver um by about a 10 15 minute trip as um as we were in the car she started to uh kind of doze off and so this is my first like time with a hardcore rocker dozing off in the front seat like this, who I could tell had been drinking, but I didn't quite know to what extent yet. Um, so we're driving down Colfax and she is kind of doing this. And she, all of a sudden her head hits the window on the side and she instantly wakes up and she looks at me and I'm driving and I'm, we're getting closer to her house, but I'm like, and she just kind of, she didn't say a word. She was just hammered and kind of went back and did the head thing again and boom. And then she was out like a light. And I pulled up to a stoplight about um, eight tenths of a mile or about two blocks from where I was turning on her street. And I pull up to a stoplight, stop. She wakes up and she turns to me like this, just smashes in the front. And she goes whap and punches me right in the side of the <laughs> face as hard as I could be. I mean, this, this girl was like four foot, nothing. And she like gave me a, a clobber and I've worked in the bars. I've been hit before. And like, I've dealt with this crap before, but this girl just smacked me. And then I'm like, Hey, I'm like, watch it. I'm turn. I turn the two lights on. I don't know what to do. I haven't been in this scenario before. And I'm like, watch it, you know? And I'm just kind of leaning over here like this. And she's like, I'm just trying waiting for my Uber driver. And I said, we're two blocks, three blocks from your fucking house. I'm like, chill. And so, you know, we get up there, I'm turning. She's like, I don't live on this street. And she passes out again, like this against the window. So I get to her house and in where I'm talking about in Aurora, you have to know it, but there's no street lights on these streets off Colfax. And I get, I literally don't know what to do. I don't want to touch this girl. You know, so I literally was honking the horn. I opened up the doors. I blasted the radio. I turned on the air conditioning in winter. The whole works. I gave, I gave everything I could. And, you know, I, I finally, she wasn't budging. She was snoring. So I got out of the car, walked up a block with my doors open, interior lights on, hazards flashing, music blaring, mm -hmm. and uh, walked up and called 911. And they came to the... Uh, they came and pulled up to me. I waved them down. They're like, what's going on? I explained the story. And the officer walked over to, uh, he said, I'll take care of it. You stay here with me, with the other officer. And uh, um, he walks over and he knocks on the window. She doesn't budge. He opens the door and she does one of these, but she's in the seatbelt. And she <laughs> takes the seatbelt off. She goes, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just waiting on my Uber ride to get me. And she, he's like, you're, 
He's like, to take you home? Yes. And he's, he's, he read the address. He's like, do you live at such and such, such and such? And she's like, yes. And he's like, there's your house. Get in it and don't piss me off. And he's like, and then he, the other cops like, do you want to press charges? I'm like, no, you don't want to go to court against a four foot eight girl and say she hit me. Of course not. <laughs> she knock your, uh, <laughs> knock your teeth out or anything, didn't she? No, I mean, if she had done damage to the mouth, that might have been, uh, maybe that would have been a different story. But no, I just, I knew I just had taken one. Yeah. Nothing like that ever really happened to me. Just again, my guard was down. You didn't hear the start of the story. My guard was down because when I pulled up to this bar Steuben's, to pick up the rider, I'm a I'm a bartender. I know better. I I watch everybody, and I usually, if I'm even questionable, you're getting in the back. I make up a reason or whatever. But, um, but I saw two bartenders I know in this group after hours outside the bar that all of the service industry people would go to mm-hmm. after they got off their shift. So there's a bunch of service industry people. She was standing in the group, and so when I uh I said I saw a couple of people. I said hi to him. But that's not the kicker. The next time I went back, one of the guys I said hi to was Mike D, a bartender I worked with at the Grizzly. And so when I went in the Grizzly the next time, because it's right across the street from the stadium. So I went to a baseball game and I was like, Mike, what's up, dude? That girl that got in my car punched me. And and he's like, oh, man, I know. Well, she was a piece of work, huh? And I was like, I was like, dude, you kind of made it seem like she was with you. And he's like, man, she was annoying us so bad. I was so <laughs> glad to see her get out of there. I'm like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons I, I stopped driving rideshare. Like, I mean, I had I definitely had my share of drunks, you know. But uh, Oh yeah. I've had girls take their panties off and throw them out the window. <laughs> like in anger. They'll Did be you- in the backseat and they'll just kind of <laughs> I had a girl do that. Like it, after a Christmas party, she's all dressed up and she's like kicking these things off and she just chucks them out. I'm like, did you just piss yourself or what just happened? Did you have a, uh, <laughs> a dash cam in your car when you were doing rideshare? Oh yeah. I, yeah. Uh, maybe not, any- maybe not then. Maybe not then. Cause again, that was early days. I stopped. I mean, I have a son. I stopped. I tried to start playing Cinderella mm-hmm. and then I had to be home by midnight, no matter what the late night rush was. Yeah. Cause I had my nights of staying out till four and I did make killer bank, but as that died off a bit and it was still better bank, it wasn't enough to entice me to stay in the jungle like that. Yeah. I used <laughs> to um, upload videos of my, from my dash cam. I used to have a uh, night vision. I used to have the black view DR six fifty S. And then uh, when I stopped doing rideshare, I got the seven fifty S, which the interior camera is like full color. Whereas like mm-hmm. the the 650 is like this pinkish hue thing because of the infrared, and mm-hmm. uh, like I don't I very I don't even drive at night on my own anymore. Like I can't even see anything anymore. I have like this huge lantern LED flashlight in the car for mm-hmm. uh you know like in the winter when the when the sun sets you know like around five or six o'clock or whatever. But um yeah I I try not to. I don't even like I like I said I rarely even drive at night on my own anymore. Um, let me get back to my, my list of questions here. How do you find the new stories to use on the website or a podcast? I kind of, so, you know, this has actually been super helpful. So the website, doing the website for three years mm-hmm. and just trying to keep up with all of the news has now led me down a different path of making sure that like, if you've noticed even the agitated articles, sometimes lately, um, I'll do like a weekly roundup of all the news because I'm just not doing it to the degree 
with all of the news that I used to. I'm more following the path of what the right of what the podcast is go what the podcast is going to have going on. So I build the week before the podcast. Mm-hmm. The what I'm kind of working on because you know between para and the pro act stuff because we do a lot of work with the I, I mean I'm working with the pro act a lot. Mm-hmm. trying to understand it, trying to, you know, end it. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of us want that. Um, well, but, unless you're in Portland, Oregon or something. Yeah. I mean, when I say none of us, I mean the 85% of us that want to remain flexible. We yeah. don't want that. Oh yeah. That, that cracks me up because like AB five passed and then prop 22 came in and it's like all the people who would usually scream democracy and stuff. <laughs> are also like all right well the, you you got your democracy they put this like there's nothing more democratic than a po- proposition where all the voters vote on it not not senators or legislators or you know assemblymen whatever and that failed you know or well well prop 22 passed well, but- and and that's a funny story because i have a friend who's in who does independent he he owns his own computer company in nevada california just mm-hmm. north of san francisco across the bridge and he um, didn't even really know about it. And then he had heard about it. And he's like, wait a minute, AB5 is going to kill me. And I'm like, right, you're done. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, I don't like this. And when it came voting time, he's like, what, what again am I supposed to do and hear and look into? I'm like, you, you need to vote yes on Prop 22. And he's like, but that's, and he's a very liberal person, hates, you know, not normally with the right at all. And he's like, but that's like voting for corporations. I'm like, in this case, unless you want to stop doing your work, you need to vote for twenty two, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there was any upside to AB five because, like, it seemed like everybody hated it. Like truckers hated it, and it's like, like we had I know, people on the podcast that had ended their career in the traditional IC world, independent yeah. contractors who have been doing it for forty years as freelance writers and whatnot. Yeah, because I mean, some yeah, got carve outs, but others are done. They're washed up. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watch or listen to Tim Pool, but he was talking about it, and he, he was saying like, like if you're a freelance journalist in California. Like you can only write like five articles a month under AB five. For like each that. publication, you can write twenty five a year. But that actually got changed, and writers got the carve out. Mm-hmm. They got into that carve when they first passed AB five. They didn't carve out anybody, and then they slowly had to. I mean, like let's start with anesthesiologists. Anesthesiologists, every one of them are an independent contractor. They work for multiple hospitals. So, I mean, what were you going to tell them? They can only do two jobs a year. Yeah. I mean, and that, it wouldn't have worked. So they carved them out. Then they carved out uh, this, that, the other. All of a sudden, the bill was so messy, they actually had to change the bill to AB2257. So the law is actually AB2257. Mm-hmm. We just still call it AB5 because the entire campaign for it was AB5. But it was yeah. so sloppy and bad done by Lorena Gonzalez, the councilwoman out of, uh, out of San Diego. Yeah. It was so poorly written that... It had to be carved out, redone. It, it's basically like just all redlined and blacklined and arrows pointing to it, it's sloppy. It was sloppy work and it wasn't Yeah. I don't know. And I know I know the Pro Act passed the House, but like every political source that I've seen said it has like next to no chance of passing in the Senate. So it passed yeah. in the Senate yesterday. It did? And but and seventeen Republicans even voted for it, passed by a whopping margin. Um, and last night Congress went back in session and approved. So they approved the infrastructure 
Um, but it didn't, in, it, we're still trying to find where it included the product. It didn't include the product where it did. It said Amtrak only. So I think that there is, here's the bottom line as long, so long as they leave the ABC portion out of it, mm-hmm. it's fine. Even every note, every person who's anti pro act, you will find is just like, as long as it's IRS standard measurement and not ABC, we're fine. Because okay. the ABC test, basically the B prong made it so that you cannot be an independent, the, the, it's defining yourself as an independent contractor. And A, A you can pass, C you can pass, but B is like um, that you're not doing, or that you're doing work that is... Mm-hmm. Out, that is not outside of your regular, I don't know, whatever it is, you, I'd need to look at it as many times as I've read it, but basically you, we've, we've thrown it at everything. And I think somebody made a, a good comment about and got somehow got us to understand how maybe a plumber would qualify. Hmm. But um, literally everybody else we put to the test, they didn't qualify. So, when so we got what, to B, it was like you were done. What was the point of passing it then if they took this out? Because AB5 was is a push for making people be employees. And it was a push by the unions, which we all know have been dying over the years, especially private sector unions. And especially out in California, I mean, think about it, you know, like in most cities or in most cities, every city, the cab industry is dying, if not dead. Mm -hmm. So in California, it was dying. So these unions were, I mean, think about it. They're losing all their money because there's no cabs left. There's nobody to take money from anymore. So they decided to go after the gig economy workers that it needed to be done. And they needed a, a horse to get it through. And they got uh, Lorena Gonzalez. So when she started doing AB5, it was just to go after the app based on demand gig economy. And then somebody thought, wait a minute, if we're talking about independent contractors, let's throw a net over all of them in California. And that's when it changed and became everybody. So all of a sudden this thousands became 1.6 million people were going to be affected. And then it happened and they got carve outs. Uh, Musicians weren't carved out for a long time. So they were only allowed to have 10 gigs uh, here. I mean, tell me how that works. Um, And when AB5 happened, nobody wanted to touch them anymore. Even if they lived in a different state and their state hadn't moved to it, they were just so, it was like California was toxic. They were like, I just don't understand that law. I don't want to get in trouble for being a part of it. I don't know. So they started moving away from freelancers and stuff. So the people who really needed that law to not happen, because Prop 22 carved the gig workers out, the assembly people carved out all the people that needed to be in professionals. And then, uh, you know, like, but like interpreters and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I, I did a podcast with a, with a lady who owns a nonprofit art opera house and another with a, uh, um, a person who had been a freelancer for 40 years and they're all out of business. They still like, are. No, they're out. Yeah. They're no, they're closed. They're done. These are people in their sixties who have been independent contractors for 40 years. Hmm. These aren't gig people. These are people who their whole living is independent contractor. And kill, I mean, they were, you know, I think they think of it like they were close to retirement, but they weren't ready to, and they really wanted to make more money, but they just, we're like this isn't worth the fight it's gone i mean that's why i'm saying you can talk to anybody out there who was affected by it that should tell you what way to vote because uh-huh. <laughs> there's 59 million uh independent contractors in the united states 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a lot. That's of, one. That's one third of the workforce. Yeah, but they're not all Uber and Lyft drivers. They're all, like just Mm-mm. like somebody like you could be like you just run your own business from home. Like you, Ex- like a if you're like a computer programmer or like a web designer mm-hmm. or something. You know, right? That's what I was saying about my friend up in Nevada. Computers. Yeah, I mean, he was. But I'm saying that's who it affected though. And the Pro Act is based on the AB5 model. Yeah. So, I mean, but, what they're trying to do nationwide is what they did there. But now getting back to it, no, I don't think the PRO Act will pass where it has the ABC test. And so to not make it a really getting into all these gnarly details, like the bottom line is, as long as that ABC test isn't in there, we're good. Because the, the IRS test that's been around for 50 years uh-huh. to determine if you're an IC, you can go on the IRS website and pull it up. It's pretty easy to pass. Wait, what was the thing you said passed last night? With the, I, I, yeah, okay, so I said that wrong. Not The PRO Act passed in the infrastructure bill because they stuffed it in there, mm-hmm. but it didn't pass the whole PRO Act. What they, what they did was had something about Amtrak in there because people argued out some of the points. But what they're worried about is in reconciliation, mm-hmm. that it can get kicked through because I don't know if you know, but now it's just a 50-50 split. Trump changed that to a 50-50 split instead of you needed a 60-40 win. So now it can go to reconciliation and that gets really sticky and it could get jammed into something and sent through late last night after infrastructure passed, they went and approved that $3.2 trillion package though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like in the overnight hours, money. <laughs> but even, I mean, I'm saying it's done. Even the Republicans were on board. This is a weird thing going on right now. Yeah. Something weird's going on. Uh, remember how I was saying I was talking to that reporter when I, I I had a theory, uh, you're probably going to disagree, but I actually have a theory that yellow cab is is going to come back because nobody wants to do rideshare driving anymore. I think like rideshare driving might be like a fad, and like it'll be something that kind of dies out of you know small and medium cities, and like I mean it'll still be in like your big big cities because like there's enough people there, but. Since everybody over the last year, two years, has realized that they can make more money doing grocery shopping and food delivery, like there's no need to go back to rideshare driving. And then, like, and actually, I think on the consumer point of view, is that we, I, the, I had like so many riders because I was a professional, like, and I had like seat covers in my car and like a tip mm-hmm. box and you know, all that. And so many people were like, oh man, your car's actually clean. I've been in so many cars that were like dirty and the person didn't speak English or, you know, just some, you know, piece of shit. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I think like, I don't, I don't know if right driving will die, you know, entirely, but I, I think there might be a resurgence of like people going back to cabs also because Uber and Lyft are so expensive now. Anyways, it's like, you might as well take a yellow cab. But that's just that's just my thought. What do you think? I th- I think I think that it might in some cities get a little surge, but I think that you're going to see a big, big, big change in rideshare here in after September sixth. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a ton come back. That's when PUA ends. So you think rideshare? You can't, you, you can't sit at home anymore and collect money September sixth. Yeah. Period. You can't. If you're a gig worker, you can't. So you will have to go back to work and doing something. I think a lot of people will be going back. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully they go into. I mean, there's a better cause... comfort level now. You know what I mean? I think that they're ready to come back now. They're just waiting out the PUA. Yeah. I think they know they're coming back. I've talked to some who do. I don't know how these people are still getting PUA a year later. Cause like I was getting it last summer and then I. Cause yeah. Well, all of us got it coming out of the gate. I yeah. mean, most of us, cause the world ended for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean... <laughs> I took like all last summer off work. And then in, you know, earlier this year, I got the PPP loan. And, uh, okay. I was actually, I, as soon as they put the portal up for applying for forgiveness, I filled it out and I, I got forgiven like the same day that I applied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was nice yeah i don't know you know biden extended it a, a couple times you know i it's the world's a confusing place <laughs> right now man i i don't know how else to put it you know i uh <laughs> there's a there's a question in the in the chat it says do you think if food delivery pay goes down that the rideshare driver pool will increase um Maybe if it's if people like they just need something to get by and they don't want to go back to a W two job like they'll do rideshare driving. But I'm kind of worried though because like once PUA dries up, like as oversaturated as like DoorDash, Instacart, you know all these apps are, and then once people, you know, get off the dole and like start working again, like it might even be worse. So, um, but I'll, I'll that's say something this, I'm nervous you know. about. Let's say that both, let's say that there wasn't such a thing as puke or, or bad riders or pax holes for a minute, okay? <laughs> and that the pandemic never happened. And that I could make maybe a little, or I could make better money, but both were good money, but I could make better money in rideshare by a little bit here in Denver. I would prefer that because as, as I've said, I was a bartender, I've worked in the service industry a lot. As long as I know that um, I wouldn't have to deal with all the, you know, that somebody might shoot me or this or that, or, and that can happen to anybody though. But I mean, or get whatever, you know, any bad thing that could happen, that's kind of gotten worse over time. If I could be, if I knew that wouldn't happen and I've always had a good gauge on that. I like ride share. I like, ha- I like taping, taking people. I like chatting with them. Hmm. Oh. Well, you know, I mean, I, I find a lot of interesting people here in Denver. I mean, what yeah. you, you know, I'm. I mean, it's not the worst job in the world, but I mean, between if I mean if you, if you give me the choice, it depends on what where you live. It really yeah. does. I mean, yeah, and it's also um, what kind of time of day you drive too? Because like I would usually drive morning and in weekdays, you know. Um, yeah, I tried weeknight week weekends and weeknights, and you know, uh, I had you know I, every week I'd change my schedule so. Yeah. I would go with, I, again, I'd open up the Westward, see what's going on. And I just know from living here so long, what is, what is good, what are good things to work? Like the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. For three That's years only in once a, row, a year, those, though. But for three years in a row, those were cl- close to $1,000 days for me. Wow. I had people holding $200 bills out <laughs> like this, and I didn't have a ride yet. And I'm like turning off the apps and going, get the fuck in here. Like, <laughs> and I never do that. I never do that ever, 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 you know, but I would do it during this. Cause I, I know that crowd. I was a bar person myself yeah. and I could just tell, I could read the people and I knew, and I know that at that point it's not on my insurance or Ubers. And now that what I, I know what I know mm-hmm. about the insurance game, I wouldn't be doing that anymore, but, but yeah, that's one event, but we have that kind of thing going on here. Taste of Denver. This, you know, not the size of Taste of Chicago, but it's huge, dude. Huge. The whole city shuts down. We have Red Rocks. We have venues all over. We got, there's stuff going on here 
like you wouldn't believe all the time. And again, it goes back to that, what I was telling you, demographic. We have a lot of 25 to 35-year-olds. That's the demographic you want in a big city. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never been to Colorado. I've flown over it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I moved out here, and I do a lot of snowboarding and a lot of backcountry hiking and camping and with my son, and I do hike the 14ers. And I've taken my first of two avalanche classes to be certified for search and rescue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I love life out here. It's great. Logan wants to say hi. <laughs> Get down, bud. Ugh. Can you relate to South Park? Oh, yeah. How much is, uh, like, uh, well, I mean, obviously, like, vast majority of that show is just cartoon exaggeration but like they like the premise of the show is that like it's year round it's like winter there i don't know they, um, yeah yeah some but i mean like the mountains where there where south park is actually if you look it up if you look up a town called fair play mm-hmm. on on like google maps or something and you zoom in mm-hmm. right next to it is a little town called south park and it's in the mountains it's kind of by breckenridge a little bit a little north Hmm. or a little south sorry and uh um in there that's they've got a bunch of south park type stuff now it's kind of funny but hmm. uh they have one episode that i absolutely love where it's at casa bonita this really old oh, famous yeah. hispanic okay if you saw that that really is a real place i've seen every episode well okay, actually, so i think you, i missed you, the last, last you know year. the diving at casa bonita and all that yeah. off these like little rocks into like little like a cup of water kind of thing yeah that really is how it is it's weird dude you see this You've seen like it in when you go to Mexico, you see this, but like, dude, in here, it's like, you guys don't have the room to do this and you're going to die. You're going to hit that rock. And they literally are jumping into something that you're sitting by. You can see it's not going to fit them. I don't know how it does. (laughs) I don't know how these guys don't like break things every time. Maybe that's part of the appeal. I don't know. I have a friend that is a judges at GABF and she's always trying to get me to go with her. So maybe, maybe I'll go this year or next year. Oh man, it's a blast. It is a blast. We used to do it alphabetically, but you can never get that far. <laughs> you can, if you do the four day pass, you can do it right. But if you do one day mm. and start alphabetically, you'll be screwed because the because those guys love making you try every one of their beers. When it comes to uh, gig economy, um, like social media, like what YouTube channels, Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts do you follow? Like f- specifically for gig and Uber right, 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 and right. stuff. So, you know, um, and, and podcasts, I'll say that's the last couple months with para, um, stuff I've been doing, I've been getting into YouTube a lot more. So I've been starting to see all of you guys and I'm slowly starting to follow you with rideshare rodeo. Cause I'm just building mm-hmm. it. I mean, we had like two followers a while ago and we've got 50 now, but that's just over the past six weeks because I've been having to be on here, but I've started, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of you guys now and I'm starting to get turned on to certain ones, but I mostly listen to podcasts. I you have 203 so, followers. Hmm? Ratchet Rodeo Twitter has 203 followers. Oh, right, no, no. I was talking about YouTube. And oh, okay. Uber, yeah. Uber Lyft drivers on has 2,500. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I was talking about YouTube. We're just starting to build ours out a little bit because there's been some Paris stuff I've put out. Um, but uh, yeah, so... I'm I'm starting to get around to watching all you guys. And as I watch you or somebody else, I start to see the other people I've heard of. Yeah. So I'm slow. It's weird. If if you want to say it this way, I'm kind of late to the game because I don't watch a lot of YouTube. 
unless it's like music or something, you know. I noticed that like there's like there's different like everybody kind of picks a social media outlet and they kind of stick with it. Like there's certain people that like they're only on Reddit or they're only on Twitter or they're only on mm-hmm. YouTube, and like I'm trying to cross across everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, me too. Now I'm getting there. Yeah. But uh, the the YouTube thing wasn't really me, but. I actually loved starting like so. The, actually, the first thing that got me into it was Jason's podcast because I was I, I listened to the Gig Economy podcast mm-hmm. on any pod player like you can do with ours. But I actually, he's like, you know, you can. When I went on it a few times live, mm-hmm. and I realized we were live. Mm-hmm. That's when I start. After we stopped doing it, even I was still going on there all the time. Yeah, and watching it. So I guess that was like my real my first. And that was about you know over a year ago, but. That was just Jason. I'd catch him every other Wednesday. It was easy for me to remember to do. And yeah. um, now, you know, I'm trying to, I catch a lot of you guys and I'm starting to learn that golden rule about don't have a video go longer than 12, 15 minutes, unless it's like this, like going an hour 14, that's a different set. But yeah. I'm starting to learn that those little shorter videos are for a reason. And, you know. Yeah. yeah um, if you're trying to build up an audience, like kind of short 10 minute or under, actually YouTube for the first few years, Unless you were a YouTube partner, like you couldn't mm-hmm. even you couldn't even upload a video longer than ten minutes. Yeah, and like now they let anybody that. post as much as they want all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm out of questions. <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, my last question would be: uh, Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of the world? Um, well, yeah, but specifically to like pessimistic about the future of the world. I'm optimistic about the future of the gig economy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of the same way to be honest. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that is my answer. I think a lot of people suck out there, and I don't mean that mean, I just do. Um, (laughs) not all of them by any means. I mean, I know a lot of great people, but there's just a lot of um anger Mm -hmm. and and badness out there. And it seems to not be correcting itself, no matter what we try and do to fix it. Um, but the gig economy, I think, is going to bounce back nicely. The, I, here's my view. The gig economy isn't going anywhere. It needs to change some. And it needs to, you know, I'm not saying we need to do what Europe did and have, you know, the Supreme Court make there be a third category like employee, independent contractor, and then gig workers are now worker category. Yeah. So like they're employees, but they're not. They call them workers. They're a separate category. Yeah, um, it's, they they want their cake and eat it too. They want all the perks of an employee with all the freedom of being an independent contractor. And it's like you can't have it. But both I think ways. there's I think there's a lot of growing up that the gig economy has to do, and there's still a long way it has to go. Yeah, it's you know because I think that we're going to find these companies. It's really interesting times right now. I think we're going to find these companies, oddly, though, starting to realize, oh, my God, we can't, as much as we don't want to, we have to find a way to pay them more or give them an incentive or something. I'm not saying AB5 because I don't want that and I don't want to lose flex, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to do something. The pandemic woke a lot of people up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess that's and, like, it's in the, and it's created a lot of opportunity right now too. So if Uber and Lyft want a piece of it, they better fight for it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's a good place to wrap. So uh, let the people know like where they can find you. Where's the best place? 
Um, they can find us uberliftdrivers.com. Um, as you were just saying about kind of hovering on one, I'm mainly on Twitter. You can find me at uberliftdrivers. Uh, you can find me at Rideshare Rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, um, it's same group and all of that. You can find a lot of our social links on our uberliftdrivers.com. Um, I have not fixed the link yet because for I don't know why they took my Instagram account down. Um, and I had a lot of people on there, but it's down now. So I just created another one, which is Uber Lyft or Rideshare Rodeo. But I had one Uber Lyft drivers that had like 800 followers. And I don't even know what I posted that upset them. Same thing happened with our friend Lifting with Larry. It just got Larry nuked. Dun- yeah, Larry Duncan got nuked before I did. And he's like a kindest hearted person I know. Like he probably didn't do anything and he lost his whole account. And so I was like, what happened? And then I lost mine. Unless you got and I don't know what I did. No, I mean, Instagram has it shut down. So if you link there from the website until I fix it to the new one, to the because mm-hmm. I created a rideshare rodeo handle instead. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's weird though. I've had a couple people contact me and say they can pay 60 bucks and I can fix it. I'm like, whatever, dude. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> Sketchball. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This is, uh, I'm glad to, you know, yeah. take the time. All right, I guess that's a good place to end. I got links to everything in the description below, so check that out. Subscribe to uh, Steve's podcast, Rideshare Rodeo. And uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter if you're on there or on Instagram Mm -hmm. because he needs the followers. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, our our podcast is doing great. Make sure you're listening. That's the other thing. Make sure you, whatever pod player you use, that's the last thing I want to plug is Mm. Spotify, whatever whatever you use, Mm. Apple. Um, find rideshare rodeo on there we're on all of them yep all right thanks everybody out there for watching and i'll see you on sunday night all right yep bye we hope you enjoyed this episode chad will be back sunday with his co-host hannibal discussing the latest news trends and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy until then keep hustling